Hey guys, welcome to our podcast. Pardon the confusion. And this is our first podcast ever, so we're going to give you a rundown about what our podcast is. And what it's going to be about. So to introduce ourselves first, my name is Wendy. And I am Stephanie. We're both sisters, and we're going to be talking about many, many things from... Uh, well, we're going to be doing women's soccer, Um you know, any league. Um, well, mainly we're going to focus here in the U.S., but, you know, anything else, any interest, anything interesting comes out from anywhere else, we're going to talk about it. And then also we're going to be talking about true crime stories, um, documentaries, anything weird, out of the ordinary, conspiracy theories, too. Um, hence the name of the podcast. Pardon the confusion. So to start off our Episode one, we're going to be talking about the documentary Abducted in Play... Or I don't, we don't even know if it's a documentary, true crime, whatever it is. Uh, we know it's allegedly based on a true story. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, Abducted in Plain Sight. It's a Netflix documentary, I believe. So we're going we're gonna to at least try. We're going to try to stay on track with the documentary um we took notes uh we how many times did you watch it i watched it twice and the second round i found more things that i didn't catch the first time yeah yeah and so did i there was a couple things that i found that were creepier than the first time that i watched it so uh if you hear uh notebooks or papers uh you know, sounding in the backgrounds because we actually took notes. Yeah. So one thing that I caught at the beginning of the right at the beginning of the of the series, or the, I mean the documentary series, is that the main character, his name is Robert, but they call him B. So B said that he finally found the little girl he was he has been searching for, and to me, right away, that was a huge red flag. Because I was like, well, how many other little girls did he get to to find Jan, which is the other main character in this documentary? Yeah, so it's going to be B, or we're either going to go call him B or Birchtold. And then you have Jan, who at that time was 12? Yeah, she was 12. And then we have Bob, which is um, Jan's dad. And uh, Marianne, which is Jan's mom, they are the Brobergs, and they have um, two other daughters, uh, Karen and Susan. Yes. And then you have um, Birchtold's wife. What's her, what's her name? Gail. Okay, Gail. And then, well, they don't even, they have kids, but they're not important to the story, apparently. Yeah, they're not really important. <laughs> okay, so, like I said, we're going to try and stay along with the um timeline every now and then i mean if we remember something we'll put it in there but um okay so do you want to start us off or do you want me to start off you started off so i believe it was june 1972 when marianne uh she meets robert birchold and the whole family they meet at a church out of all places yeah they meet at their church yeah and i guess uh uh, you could tell that Marianne right away, like, just bonded with with them. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't remember. She didn't really bond with them, but she just found them nice. Yeah, yeah. And then 
So I guess like they left an impression on her to the point where she told her husband, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. and then I guess they met, whatever, and they were cool because they, they were neighbors, apparently. Yeah, they moved in next door okay, to them. Okay, so yeah, they were neighbors and like they had kids that were the same age as Broberg's kids and they would hang out every day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and so I guess it got to the point where they trusted B that he would take their kids, uh, the Broberg kids and his kids, yeah, to school, right? Yeah, he he would pick them up every morning. Yeah. So I guess that became like a like a daily thing and you know, I guess at first it was like, you know, whatever's friends. And then it started to get a little weird because B would go over every night, right? Yeah, he would go over every night to talk to the to the parents, but also try to talk to the girls. I think if I would say talk, I would put that in quotations. Talk, because <laughs> I mean, he he had he had a plan in mind. That I, I would say. Yeah, he he did have a plan because you're gonna see down the path as we explained what we saw on um, how he separates. Everyone. Yeah, yeah, it was it it was a tad bit creepy, but okay. So let's go on. They meet at a church. Do you remember the name of the church? Some weird. Uh, it it was a Catholic or a Christian. That's one. No, that's it was one. a Mormon church. Oh, it was a Mormon church. Yeah, LSD. I, you know what? I thought for some reason it was gonna be a Christian church. Okay, so you know they're hanging out and. So then B goes to the house every night to talk and he like hangs out with the kids more. Yeah. Okay. So they hang out and I guess it gets a little creepier because then one of the daughters and the parents, they notice that that B is paying more attention to Jan, right? Yeah, and he starts taking pictures of her, and you're going to see pictures of her throughout the documentary if you choose to see it on Netflix. But you do see, I would say, provocative pictures of Jan. Yeah, yeah, and and I think he had a shrine or something? Yes, he did. Yeah, it, weird. So then, you know, that goes on, and I guess... Like, instead of the parents actually doing something about it and, like, telling him something, like, why are you doing this, they don't say anything. Let, let's say, for example, that you have kids and you see <laughs> this guy that you you're barely know him, right? And he t- is just taking pictures of one of your kids. Like, what's your first thought? Uh, My first thought would to be to confiscate his phone, have him delete the pictures, and then kick him out of the house. That's not okay. Okay. What about you? I would kick that man out of the house and, I don't know, report him right away to the authorities. Like, why is he, yeah, like, taking pictures of my daughter, you know? Mm-hmm. 12-year-old daughter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he's, like, freaking, what, 30, 40 years old? We, do we yeah. get yeah. that much? Something like that. Okay, so then in, you know, they're chilling. They know each other until the fall of 1972, right? 
So, mm-hmm. so Birch told he starts his little um, mission to get Jan by seducing the parents. Yeah, <laughs> he works one parent at a time. Yeah, um, that is that is weird in itself, right? So, um, he goes up to the mom, and like sh- B is just flirting with the mom like nonstop, right? Mm-hmm. And here the mom is like falling for it, like. <laughs> that that in itself is it's hilarious because you know I thought you're a woman of faith and you're flirting with this man married man yeah and you're married too you know and so you know they're flirting or whatever and then I guess they have to go to a retreat a a church retreat, retreat. <laughs> and so they go to the mountains or whatever and um they hook up right yeah, they're kissing and and doing all these things, but they don't they don't go that far, right? Supposedly. Yeah. Yeah, you can tell this one really really loves the attention. So then they come back and and I guess she is remorseful, but she still doesn't say anything, right? She doesn't tell. Yeah, she chooses to keep it quiet. So keep in mind she's been married to Bob for a while and she's over here having a little affair with another married man you obviously do not have any remorse about what you're doing if you're choosing to keep it quiet yeah yeah and then next like the next scene we have is bob and b they're going out from a break right from work they were talking about business and stuff like that yeah. So then so, uh, B takes Bob on a ride to who knows where. And so then you you see you see B talking about how he's frustrated or or sexually frustrated. Is that, is that Yeah, that he's sexually frustrated with his wife? Yeah, yeah. And and then I guess you see that Bob notices that he is erect. Uh, that word in itself is hilarious but and then the audacity of this man he was like uh, what what was the quote or what did he say uh to that he wanted him to relieve him no he said not to relieve him but he said that well i guess he had to relieve him but he said oh bob it's just little kid stuff yeah and so then this this Bob, he actually does it, right? Yeah, he ends up relieving his frustrations and gives him a handjob, yeah. allegedly. Yeah, yeah. Dude, that in itself is just hilarious. Like, how many times has this man done this to have no shame to ask the dad? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, went through the mom, now the dad, like... Seriously, I don't know how many times this this man has done this. and I'm pretty sure multiple times if he has, like he said at the beginning, that he has finally found the girl he was searching for. I'm pretty sure he's done that to other people. Yeah, but th- the way he asked him, like, it was easy. With confidence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so then I think around that time, what else did, what else did happen? All right, so we find out that the church that they belong to, they they found out that he 
was having or trying to have some kind of weird relationship with a Another girl, right? Uh, another girl besides Jen. And obviously the church finds... Well, what the church recommended him was to see like a psychologist or something like that, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. so then the psychologist apparently tells him tells him that in order for him, him to get better, he has to sleep in a girl's room or something like that? Or, or is that the lie that he tells the parents? That's the lie that he tells the parents. Okay, so he has to tell, like, Jan's parents, oh, in order for myself to get better, I have to sleep in your daughter's room to fight off whatever this obsession I have with little girls. Is that what is that what happened? Yeah, and um, obviously Jan's, parent, uh, Jan's parents actually allow that to happen. Yeah, I mean, what kind of parents, if you know why why this guy was like like kicked out or reprimanded or whatever from the church if you know the reason why why are you letting him like why are you letting him sleep in your daughter's room yeah your 12 year old daughter's room yeah so the parents were stupid honestly yeah they they were the most stupidest parents i've ever heard about in my entire life yeah uh, okay so what ends up happening is that he ends up sleeping in Jan's bed four times a week for six months. So for six months, four times a week, he has all full access to Jan. Enough to seduce her, enough to groom her, anything. Yeah. Anything and everything. And, like, really, these parents are something else. <laughs> are something else. Okay, so we're going to fast forward to... October 17th, which is the day he kidnaps uh, Jan, Jan, right? So the story goes that he wants to take, he tells Marianne that he wants to take Jan out to the stables, right? Yeah, he he tells her that he wants to take her horseback riding in American Falls. But Jan tells him that she has, I think, a piano recital. Was it a piano recital? Or piano lessons or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and so he was like, oh, that's okay. I can pick her up after, right? Yes. Yeah, okay, so so he goes, picks her up, and then he hands Jan some vitamins? Is that what he called it? No, his... His her allergy pills. Allergy pills. Okay, okay. So and then I guess that's when um Jan kind of starts dozing off. Yeah, in and out. And she said that she doesn't remember anything, right? Yeah, that she doesn't recollect getting to the stables, the drive to the stables, or anything after that. And so then he, since she's so like fallen asleep and stuff, he carried her out to the motorhome. And I guess he gets rid of the car, right? Yeah, he makes it seem like someone tried to break in. Someone broke into their car and dragged them out of the car. Yeah, but the funny thing about that is that the window is broken in from inside out instead of the outside in. Yeah, so that wasn't very smart. Yeah, yeah. Um. So then you kind of... 
fast forward to Jan's side where she is clearly still coming in and out of consciousness, right? Mm -hmm. And she was strapped to the bed. Did you see that part? Yeah, she says she was strapped to the bed and she started hearing noises. Yeah. yeah, weird voices or something like that, right? And you can kind of see that it's coming out from like a voice recorder or something like that. And it turns out that it's uh, these alien voices. Supposedly these alien voices, but I mean, we all know. The ones that are not gullible all know that it's bees evil doing. And uh, these aliens are, what were the names? Zeta and Zethra. Yeah, which they told her that her mom is her mom and her dad is an alien, right? Yes. Yeah, so they're telling her, oh, you know, you need to have a baby before you're 16 to help out the alien race so they don't go extinct yeah something like that and keep in mind guys she's still 12 and yeah. so in her mind she's like well i can't let anything happen to my family and then the aliens apparently also threaten her that if she didn't go through with it they would take susan which is her youngest sister right yes okay oh yeah so she's not allowed to have any contact with boys her father basically any men right exactly so she ha okay so the f the thing is she has to have a kid before she's 16 with this man or they're gonna tell her who this man was right yeah she had to find a compatible male companion yes so i guess uh, the other part where you hear is that they said the aliens apparently said that once you go out of this was it room from the motorhome or something like that? That you're going to find who your male companion is. Yeah. And obviously, lo and behold, look who it was. Yeah, it just so happened to be B. Birch told. Yes. Okay, now keep in mind, while this is happening, the Brobergs, Jan's family, are trying to figure out what in the world is going on, right? Yeah, like, wait, where have they gone and everything? And here's where I think we both got pissed off and we were like, what the hell is wrong with you guys, you know? Marianne told B that he had to bring back Jan before Bob came home from the flower shop, right? So, you know, uh, they're just waiting and yes. waiting and then nothing. They don't show up. And so I th was it that same day where, where Marianne was, oh, I'm going to call the cops, or was it the dad that said that? No, Marianne said she was going to call the state okay. police. Oh, yeah. So she's going to call the state police, and do they do they do it? or? Well, they actually go over to Gail. No, Gail comes over and says that they haven't heard anything, and, uh, well, she hasn't heard anything. And the mom of Marianne said that she was going to call state police. Gail was the one that said, oh, no, I'm pretty sure they're fine. Nothing's going on and this, this and that. But keep in mind, this happened in the 70s. So there weren't there weren't any cell phones. Yeah. Yeah. So do how long does it take for them to call the police? It takes them about five days. So she went missing on Thursday and they didn't call. Well, Marianne didn't call the FBI until Monday. Yeah. And and. 
But she actually, if I remember correctly, she actually tried to call, but then that they got the answering machine and since it was the weekend, she had to wait longer, right? Yeah. yeah okay. So then finally on October 22nd, 1974, that's when Mary Ann alerted the FBI and told her, oh, hey, you know what? My daughter's not here. She left with my neighbor. You know, we want to know what's going on. Yeah, so the FBI agent was Welsh. I think I remember his last name was Welsh. And he was the one that came over to the Broberg's house. And he had to drill into Bob and Marianne's head. And he said that, B, kidnap your daughter. Get it through your head. You know, and they kept insisting, oh, no, they just went on a on a on a trip. They're probably lost and this, this and that. And he was like, no, they've been gone for five days. He kidnapped your daughter. Yeah. And so that's when the FBI finds out, oh, he finds they find um, Birchtold's car that was messed up, you know, and then they also find out that he has a motorhome this whole time. Right. Mary, uh, I mean, Gail's the one that tells them that they have a, stir- a storage unit, and in that storage unit is a mobile home, or motor home, whatever. Yeah. So then, uh, we're in a couple... How many days are we in right now that she that they've taken, that he's taken Jan? So wouldn't you say it was like three months? Or two months, yeah, or a month? Think- yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so... October to November? I guess, in a way, he, Birch told ends up taking Jan to Mexico, right? Yeah, to Mazatlan. Yeah, he ends up taking her to Mexico and marries her. Yeah, they end up getting married in Mexico because in Mexico there's no age limit to Actually, get married. There is, there well, is. back in the 1970s. The age, li- the age was, oh, it was 12. 12, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so at 12, he ends up marrying her, blah, blah, blah. And so he wants to come back to the U.S., right? Yeah, and that's when we get to meet his brother, Joe. Yeah, and during this time in in Mexico, this guy is basically already having sex with her, right? Yeah. And so he's playing with her mind. He, he has, like, erotic books or anatomy something books like that that talk about the, the how to... Uh, procreate a child so in her head she's like she's saying oh this is how i have to have a child right yes and so he's doing this and then like he this guy is good because what he does is that when he's actually having sex with her he doesn't like people say it's just the tip He doesn't go in all the way enough to harm her, right? Exactly. And the way Jan is going through this is that she said that she was just looking out the window, right? Yeah, looking up at the leaves. Yeah, and just hoping this is over with. Okay. So then, like we said, this is like three months of them together in Mexico. So he calls his brother... So he he tells him, hey, I want to come back home to the U.S. Um, Can you get permission from Marianne so I can bring back Jan, right? 
because we're married. So it's funny because the first thing Joe says was that, uh, what is it that he said? That he has always liked his little girls. Yeah. yeah, he knew. He said, "He said my brother is a sexual pervert." Yeah, right. Um, wow, like this dude. Like he, he also had mentioned that that his brother B. He actually messed with his younger sister, right? Yeah. So his sister was six and B was twelve. So. The way he would, he felt part of the family is if he took care of his six-year-old sisters. And to him, taking care was him messing around with his six-year-old sister. Yeah, that's that's not how you take care of your sister. <laughs> okay, so Joe calls the mom and the mom is like, what? Why are they married? We can't have them like we we just need the we just just need Jen back, right? I think it was around November twenty. Let me check the notes. Yeah, it, it was that day. So the FBI is still haunting or hunting this guy, trying to get bring Jan back and trying to take this man to custody, right? Yes. Okay, so what we find out that what the FBI does is they tap. Joe's phone and Marianne's phone? Yeah, just- to get to the location of where they're okay. at. So he, the FBI taps the calls and they find out that Jan and B are in Mazatlan in a, some kind of like hotel or something like that. Yeah, like a, like a motorhome place. Thingy. Yeah. And so they go, the the FBI cannot go into Mexico because that's like different, you know, countries. So uh, the FBI has uh, the federales from Mexico um, go and grab them. So they grab B, they throw him into a jail cell, they take Jan and put her like somewhere. They don't put her in jail, do they? They just separate them. Okay, so uh, B has the audacity to bribe the Mexican federales with the ring. Yeah, with his gold uh, ring. Yeah, to to talk to uh, Jan. And so before the parents pick up Jan, um, B tells Jan, here are, what is it, the four rules or... or Four things you can't talk about to anyone. Yeah. So he tells them, do not talk about Zeta and Zethra? Yeah, not to talk about Zeta and Zethra. The second one was to not talk about the mission. The third one Do not tell them about the sexual stuff they've been doing. Yes. And that if for some reason... If for some reason... um. She did. Her dad was going to get vaporized or killed or something like that. Yeah, and that uh, Karen was going to go blind and Susan was going to get taken. Yeah, and so, you know, in the end, Jan comes back home still scared out of her mind. Well, she gets, not only she's scared, but she's also very upset that her parents 
brought her back. Yeah, because she's trying to complete this mission that the aliens gave her. But she also thought she was so in love with B. Yeah, I mean, that's how brainwashing works, you know? Poor girl. So she's coming home, and she's scared out of her mind that the mission is not complete. Okay, so we are on November 23rd, 1973, when everyone's back. B, Jan, they're all back home. B is incarcerated. Um, They finally got him. And Jan is home with her parents. And so she's still kind of paranoid of the fact that she has to, you know, have a baby and marry Robert, Bob, B, whatever, um, to save the planet. And so B is waiting a trial and all this stuff. And he's he's trying to, like, basically find a way so he doesn't get sent to jail or prison for longer. Yeah, and that's where his wife, Gail, comes into play. Okay. On Christmas Eve, right? Of that same year? She asked to speak to Bob privately. And so they were talking, and then they have to sign some paperwork so that everything that happened, the whole kidnapping, they basically had to say, oh, we let it happen. Yeah, that that they gave him consent. That they gave him permission to take Jan out. And if if they weren't to do that, um, then B was going to tell everyone that he had a relationship with Jan's dad. Yeah, and obviously to to hit to her parents, they cared more about their skeletons in the closet than their daughter so when they signed those forms obviously a lot of people were enraged enraged the state um the state attorney was pissed off the government was pissed off the fbi agent that had to um help them was pissed off everyone was pissed off because they were like he took your daughter and you're making it seem like it was okay then why'd you make a big deal out of it you know yeah basically like why Okay, why are you tripping, basically? Why are you tripping, then? Yeah. Like, why did you trip? Why did you look for your daughter if you didn't care? Only because they're just going to say, oh, well, I had an affair with my husband. I mean, with my neighbor. And my husband had an affair with him as well. Exactly. So, like my sister said, it sounds like you don't give a fuck. About your daughter yeah. and her well-being. Yeah, so they signed the paperwork and he's ba- basically with not enough evidence he's let go right yes he gets to go out he's free he's a free man yeah and so now we're gonna fast forward to 1975 the next year right okay so we're in the spring of 1975 and this time the FBI has been telling the whole family to not have any contact with them, yeah, right? Yeah, to not have any contact with um, B and his family. So, what ends up happening is that Mary Ann, Jan's mom, ends up having a full-blown affair with B. And she does this for eight months straight. 
So clearly, you can tell that this lady has no remorse. She doesn't care about her family. She doesn't care about her daughter's safe state. Obviously, your home is supposed to be safe. And she's putting her children in danger by allowing him to come over because they're having an affair. Yeah, so they're together for... Or they had they had 11 encounters, right? 11 encounters and... um. During those 11 encounters, uh, B has access to Jan, so he sees Jan nine different times. Yes. And so this, like like you said, this is going on for months, and, and I think the point where the father snaps is when B... Let's it slip. I don't know how to even say let's it slip. No, he, he tells him. He tells uh, Bob, I'm having an affair with your wife and I'm going to take your kids. Yeah, and that's when Bob actually takes action and files for a divorce. So what he does is that he he said that he takes the girls out and he tells them, oh, I'm going to divorce your mother. Um because did he tell them why? No, he didn't tell them why. And so the girls are sad, and I I think that's when um, Marianne just like snaps out of it, you know, because she doesn't want to lose her daughters. It's supposedly. And and you hear, you hear um, Bob saying, "This is the worst day of his life." Honestly, this shouldn't have been the worst day of your life. You sh- it should have been the most freeing time of your life. It, no, no, it's not that either. It's just that the one that should have been the worst day of your life is that your daughter was kidnapped. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> so, you know, she snaps out of it, and I want to say B gets pissed. Yeah, he snaps. <laughs> yeah, he he gets mad, and what is it that? He will. He's like doing everything possible to ha- still have some kind of contact with Jan, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, and then so this guy, goddamn this guy, he buys a family fun center, and you know, kids and for a pedophile, this is like that's a big no-no. Yeah, it's it's not that it's just a big no-no. It's just that this is like. This is his playground, you know? Yeah, to watch yeah. all these well, little kids. little girls, because like... that's the only ones he likes, apparently. True. So he he buys this place, and he continues to send love letters to Jan. Um, Sends love letters, and he sends notes with other people. Yeah, yeah. in her school. Yeah, and... So then Jan here, like, in her mind, she's still trying to do the the mission. She... I think by that time, she's, what, 14, 15? So what she's doing is that she's trying to not piss off her parents, but she's trying to do everything possible to get back to B. Yeah, she's trying to wear them down. Yeah, so she's wearing them down, and for, like... I think two weeks, like, the the mom, the mom gives up, right? Marianne. Of course. Uh, the mom gives up and, and just ends up buying her a ticket and sending her off. 
Yeah, so pre- she's pretty much like, here, have my daughter. Do whatever you want yeah. with her. And so there she goes. And instead of um, Jan spending her time or, or spending the night in her own place, she ends up spending it in B's motorhome. Yeah. And so uh, to me, it's like this guy... <laughs> He's willing to orchestrate everything. And so while she's there, they're still having sex, right? So this girl is so brainwashed that she's saying that she's in love with him. And that she wants to marry him because B keeps telling her that he wants to marry her. So she thinks that's what she wants as well. Yeah. So then um, she only stays for what, two weeks? Yeah, before B sends her back. Yeah, so B sends her back because he didn't want to get into more trouble. Um, she sends her back, and around this time, I think he ends up like kidnapping her again. Yeah, but this time I think it was at night. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, she comes back from her trip, and then she she tries to sneak out, but she sees her mom like sitting in the living room, and then I guess she gets out through the window of her room. And then that's when they take off to California. Yeah, uh, he takes he takes her to a to a Catholic, Catholic. School. Catholic school. Yeah. Um. So he takes her to a Catholic school. In the meantime, how many days later again do does the family wait to notify the FBI? They actually wait two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> yeah, they wait two weeks until they notify the FBI again. <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, yeah, basically. And no fucks given. So, uh, B is calling Marianne all these times, trying to figure out where she's at. But B's lying to the mom, right? Yeah, he's trying to make it seem like he doesn't know where she's at. And he keeps telling her, have you heard from Jen? Have you heard from Jen? I haven't heard from her and this, this and that. During that time, um, the FBI is actually tracing those calls. I guess they kind of find out where he's at. So they they kind of tail him, right? Yeah, they, they start um, keeping tabs on him. So one day they find him going to a payphone. And he leaves like the, the yellow pages <laughs> open. Um, and I guess he had scribbled as to where he was calling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and so they find out, oh, this is a Catholic school. And then that's where they find out where Jan is at. Yeah, so the FBI grabs him and they go after Jan. And so they get to the to the Catholic school and the nuns said that he had said that he was a CIA agent escaping uh, Lebanon or something like that, that he had to take care of his daughter and to not let anyone take her because they're just people that are trying to kill him. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah, this, not guy, smart. this guy is, is something else. But I can't I believe the nuns, nuns believe that. that. Yeah. But I mean, it's not like the nuns knew what was going on, so you can't True. really blame them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I forgave you, nuns. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so... After that, what do we what do we get? Um, so obviously they they end up finding Jen and they arrest him again. 
So he's arrested a second time. Yeah, he's arrested a second time, and he's actually charged with um, not only the kidnapping again, but also um, impersonating a CIA agent. And he manages to walk to free. Get, to walk free from all of those, all of them again. And but I think um, didn't they send him to a? They sent him to a mental facility and he gets out in like three months yeah because of good behavior (laughs) yeah apparently so and then he gets he gets caught again for something else doesn't he i don't remember that part um yeah it was actually that part so while this whole thing is happening um this man has the audacity to call bob and tell him to let him have access to Jan. And finally, the dad's like, no. Yeah, and of course that pisses off B. And so what B does is that he hires two people he meets uh, in jail? In jail while he's awaiting trial. Yeah. Um, And he tells them, I'll give you $1,000 for life if you go and burn down this this shop, right? Yeah. So he actually does that. And in in this time, still, Jan is still trying to figure out a way to have the baby. With this guy. Yeah. And um, so she's thinking, oh, this is my fault right yeah and there's one thing that jan says that really stuck to her was when her dad said um let it burn let it burn everything that i want or everything that i love is right here which he was talking about his girls yeah and so this poor girl still scared out of her mind that this world is going to come to an end Okay, so then, like we said, uh, B gets acquitted and doesn't serve any time. Yeah, and since they couldn't pin everything or anything on him, uh, he was set free. Even the, the arson and the burglary charges were dropped, right? The only people that served were the people he hired? Yeah. Yeah, and so now we're going to fast forward... Uh, to 1978, right? It was like a couple days before Jan's 16th birthday. So she wanted to go to this um, drama camp. So her mom, she lets her go. I wouldn't let my kids go anywhere after if that were to happen to them. I wouldn't let that happen to them. But I mean, at the same time, um, I think the way the way I see it, and I think the way her parents see it, is they let her go so she can meet new people, meet new friends. And, you know, I guess it had something to do with the school. So they wanted her to have a normal life after they fucked it up for her. Yeah, after everything that happened. So, you know, B stays away, surprisingly. And, um, okay, so, you know, she goes to the drama camp and she's having fun um and she i think she meets a boy right yeah and she actually ends up 
liking the boy. Yeah, she ends up having like crush on this boy. And this boy offers her ice cream, right? Yeah. And so she's so scared because the mission is still not accomplished. So she runs to her room and she gets a call from her mom. Yeah. And the mom tells her um, the dog, the dogs are sick. And um, I think I fed them something bad. Yeah. So in, in her mind, she's like, no, my dogs are getting hurt because of me so she goes to sleep scared out of her mind and the next morning um she gets another call from her mom saying oh no the dogs are fine yeah that the dogs are fine and to jan it kind of symbolized to her that it was the next day and everything was fine and everything was okay so she felt like weight lifted off her shoulders yeah and so in her mind, she was like, okay, I have to tell someone about this, right? So what she does is that she's she plans that she's going to tell uh, Susan, which is the youngest one, before killing her and her sister, right? Yeah, killing herself and her sister. Yeah, her sisters. And... So the next day, the next day of this, when this happens, it's her 16th birthday, right? And so the next day, she wakes up and nothing happened. Yeah, everyone was fine. Everyone had their eyeballs, everything, everyone you know, they, they were fine. And then I guess that's when she realized the shit was fake. Like everything was fake, you know, um, realizing that after everything that happened to you like does it become like a weight lifted off your shoulders or is it like what has to go through your hand through your head i i believe well i can't really relate to it but the way i kind of see it is i would say yes weight lifted off your shoulders but also she has to remember the broken relationship that she had with her dad because she didn't want to get close to him. The broken friendships or the friendships she could have made that she couldn't gain because they thought she thought, you know, they they were going to get killed. She couldn't have any friends. She couldn't go outside. She couldn't live a normal life. So she lost yeah, everything. And then besides telling her her sisters, she finally told her parents, right? Yeah. Um, if that didn't make the parents feel stupid or like the worst parents in the world, I don't know what would. Yeah, so uh, Mary Marianne, or Jan's mom, actually begins to write a book. I think it's called Stolen Innocence or something like that. Definitely is stolen. And, Poor girl. And um, B starts, you know, getting aggravated, starts getting mad that they, to him, that they're saying lies. And that Jan gave him consent and everything. And I'm just like, dude, Jan was young at the time. It doesn't matter if she gave you consent or not. It's against the law, you know? Yeah. And and this is also around the time when, because I think this is like 28 years later, right? When they write the book and everything like that. Yeah. Um, around this time, you also find out that he, she, that, that Jan wasn't the only one. 
Yeah, that's when when you find out she wasn't the only one, and he's actually. I think he actually got time for it, didn't he? Or that he was gonna get time for it. Yeah, yeah, because there was also six other women. Yeah, and then um, during the whole book tour that they were doing, uh, the biker club Baca or is Bikers Against Child Abuse. Yeah. Um, I actually met them. They're pretty cool. Um, did? Yeah. Where? The they were at um main place. No. no yeah, I met way. them. They're pretty cool. And he actually fun fact. <laughs> he actually ran over one of the Baca people. Wow. And obviously they pressed charges against him, and he was also going to serve time yeah. for yeah, aggravated assault. Yeah, and then he had a gun on him when he wasn't supposed yeah, to. Yeah, so he was going to do time for that. Yeah, and then apparently it also came out that he was going to get convicted for one rape. Yes. Yeah, and so that's around the time when you see um, Joe, B's brother again. And keep in mind, this man has escaped jail time, like severe jail time. Multiple times. Multiple times. I think out of all the times that he like throughout the whole thing that happened, I think he only served what, what, a month or two months in jail? Around there. Yeah, because of good behavior, apparently. So... This guy is going to get sentenced. And so he gets sentenced, right? But did we find out? I think it was five years, right? Yeah, it was around that time. Yeah, yeah he was going to serve five years or something like that. And the thing he said was, I would rather die than serve prison time, right? So the brother, Joe, he said that what he did, B did, is that he got his heart medicine. And Kahlua and milk. And just and took his ate life. That. Yeah. He, what a coward. What a right? cowardly way. Because we both know if he would have done that kind of time in prison, he would not be alive. He would have been would've. raped. Yeah, he probably would. Um, And in this time, I'm thinking, like, you know, Jan, how does she forgive her parents we don't know if i god thank god that never happened to me i hope it doesn't god forbid but um i would hate my parents yeah and i think that's we're gonna see that in the next podcast for when we talk about leaving neverland because we we get to see um how it affects male a male and a female you know What different yeah. differences, you know? Yeah, I mean, here, what did she say of how she forgave her parents? She she, she had to find a way her parents forgive themselves before they forgave, before she forgave them I or something remember. like that? Yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't know how I would either. Like, I know she had a lot of resentment for them, right? Like parents are supposed to protect not you. Not supposed to. They're not supposed to give you in. Yeah. So, um, if y'all uh, haven't watched it, I mean, um, 
it would be up to you if you want to watch it. Um, but still, this thing is really this this documentary is really out like blows your mind. Yeah, I would say watch it if you want to be informed on how predators work and how they groom the kids, how they try to get close to the family and how they work the family. You know, I would like to get informed and know how to prevent these things, like no patterns, you know? Yeah, but I think people nowadays are more informed because, I mean, now we have apps and everything to find out when and where a sexual predator lives. Yeah, that that's true. So... I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. This is our first episode. Um, if you want to join us for some more, uh, I would say subscribe to us or continue listening to us. Um, the next podcast we're going to talk about, like I said, is Leaving Neverland. Now, that was a little difficult to watch. And I'm going to have to rewatch it again to take more notes, but I, I really don't want to. I don't want to either. <laughs> I mean, if I were to try to do it by memory, I probably wouldn't want to. I I wouldn't want to remember. <laughs> um, but yeah, that I don't think um, this documentary prepares you for leaving Neverland. Not even by a mile. Yeah. So uh, hopefully you guys join us. Um, and this was the first episode of Pardon the confusion. So we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Have a good day.